BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Welcome to Cop Father. I'm Craig Rubel. So a lot's been happening behind the scenes, and I still get a lot of emails, text messages from active and retired police officers of really of all ranks. I have some very, very good friends, close friends who are still involved in law enforcement, both on the union side and all the way up to police chiefs. And I've recently had some lunches with some very prominent, very powerful people in law enforcement here in Canada in the last month taking advantage and now mostly everything's back open again and it's nice to sit on a patio or go to a restaurant with friends and talk about what's going on behind the scenes of law enforcement and whether you're in the city of Toronto or you're in small town British Columbia or you're in a big city in the states law enforcement is the same the amount of crime is skyrocketing like it is here in Toronto and then I think in most parts of Canada you have to remember, anything with law enforcement, with policing, is, is front-page news on the bad issues. The good news of law enforcement, you know, talk about the hero cops, rarely gets the front-page news. People just don't seem to want to talk about it. Let's go back two years. That's even before all this defunding. I recently had lunch with what I'll call the white shirts. These are friends who are upper management. And they said a few interesting things to me that I want to talk about. One thing for sure, that they really believe that the unions, the police unions, the police associations are very soft right now. This is coming from them, and I, I agree with them on this. I call it the term of mailing in. When you're a labor leader, whether it's policing or no matter what you do, it's not a difficult job if you just sit back. Most times, you, the most important thing to do is bargaining for new contracts for your members. That comes around every three to five years. So what happens in between? And dealing with members that get in trouble, grievances, you know, labor issues, and in law enforcement, it's criminal issues or civil issues, you can literally do that from your desk. There's a template for that, and it's not that difficult to do especially if, if you have a good team around you. It's when the shit hits the fan. It's when that moment, I had a plan in place, the broken window effect. You know, in law enforcement, back in the 90s, the uh, broken window was, you know, treat the broken window, the somebody that smashes the window, treat it as a big moment, you know, zero tolerance, because when it becomes a bigger issue, a much bigger issue, then the decision makers on the other side know you're coming, whether that's politicians or command of services or the media. 
they know that you're going to take things serious. And that was our approach to this. We were always accused of going over the top in protecting the members. And it wasn't just me. It was my board of directors and my field stewards. And I made it clear that's what we're going to do. And it was for really when the shit hit the fan on bigger issues that were going to be front page news in a very negative way when a police officer is involved in something that causes issues. It's funny, I was talking to these senior officers and they, were, they said, listen, at the association, we're concerned where this is going to go. We're concerned that you know, there's a lot of decision makers that don't want policing the way it is. They don't even want arrests made. You know, they want the, the pacifist side of things. And, and you're in a world where that doesn't happen. You're in a world where you're going to have to defend yourself or others. And to some people, it's not going to look good, but they really want to get away from that. And I'm, I'm talking outside defunding the police which is another topic. And it really opened my eyes up. They said that the, the one thing missing are the, the really the tough police unions that will step up and do whatever they have to do to protect police officers. And the, I'm talking about the officers that have performed his or her job and they are charged or investigated for political reasons or personality conflicts. A lot of times the police officers investigated internally because it's a personality conflict between a supervisor and, a, and an officer or an upper management and a, and a supervisor who they feel didn't perform his or her job. So personality conflicts come into this. We wanted to balance that out. We, we were like, take the personality issue out of this. If an investigation and charges are warranted, we'll defend them. But don't do it on the back of you growing or trying to grow your reputation as a hardline management person or to benefit your own personal career. We tackled, we went after people, and including upper management, senior officers, politicians, media. We didn't care who they were, including judges. We wanted to keep an eye on the judges also. We didn't want a corrupt system on political grandstanding on the back of my members, and we would come after it. It didn't matter. We, we didn't hide it. We didn't you know, sneak around. We said, listen, we're not happy the way you're, you conducted yourself. We're going to hold you accountable. So I have access to the chat lines with law enforcement everywhere. People send me screenshots. People send me things that are being said out there on a daily basis. I get this stuff sent to me all the time. I'm not on these chat lines, but people send me this stuff, say, listen, you see this. And one thing I've noticed, and they said, it, you know, we shouldn't go back to the bro days. I never heard of that before, bro days. And of course, the, these officers that are making comment like this don't have the guts or the balls to call me up and talk about it. They'll do it behind my back. And I've confronted some of them. I've called some of these people up and said, what are you talking about? Sometimes they say, oh, I was drunk. I shouldn't have said it. Or, you know, you know I didn't mean it. I'll t-. I said, well, take it back, right? Because you're benefiting from my team going overboard to make sure you're protected and make sure you have the best of everything including your pay, working conditions, equipment, legislation, so that you aren't going to get screwed because some parties in, or some, somebody's in power that wants to screw a cop through legislation, we would go after that too. We would say, don't even think about it. And people to this day are benefiting. It, you know, massive pay raises that go toward your pension. So I get asked a lot, what would it be like if I was back running the show? And I got to be honest with you, right off the bat, there was 20% of members who just didn't agree with what I was doing. And there are people that want to get promoted. There are people that just don't want to 
rock the boat until they get in trouble. Then they needed us. And I was always in the opinion that we're all in this together. So without a very powerful board of directors, without very powerful field stewards, I couldn't have performed my duties the way I wanted to, which was to get in the face of everybody who were anti-police. We didn't care who you were. My only audience were my members. And at the time, it was about 7,200 people. I didn't care about communities. I didn't care about the citizens. That was somebody else's job. My job was to protect those police officers and civilian members and their families. That was my only function. And that is missing dramatically now. So a police union right now, anywhere, would perform their duties. And it's the template way of doing it where there's a grievance, there's issues. Well, what happens outside that? What happens when there's headlines? What happens when there's people that are grandstanding for their own benefit on the back of challenging police officers when they shouldn't be? It's an un- unnecessary challenge. So if I was running it now, I would have it exactly the way it was before. When we had to be, we were the meanest people in the room. And that we didn't hide this. This has all been well documented. And today, it's needed. And, and I've had senior officers command tell me they need associations to stand up because things are going to be coming. And right now, if I was City Hall anywhere, if I was the police service board, if I was the oversight, I would push the envelope. You know, in the city of Toronto right now, I understand there's 80 recommendations on the mayor's desk about not just defunding the police, but controlling the police more and making their job more difficult. Huge safety issues when it comes with that. So I would muster the troops up to challenge anything. And I'm talking serious, all the way from blue flu to job actions. I say, listen, we're not going to support a dirty cop or a civilian member of mine goes out there with intent, performing any type of corruption. We'll take care of it. We'll assist you. Because I can guarantee you, in my day, when the union would not support you if you're in trouble, all likelihood you're going to go to jail. So that was our approach, and that would be our approach today, is, no, we're going to stand up for those, you know, for one headline when a police officer is accused of screwing up, there's hundreds if not thousands of good people out there performing their duties, and these are the people that you want to come into your house to help you when there's an emergency. There's this 1% rule in law enforcement when 1% is getting the headlines in a negative way, but it's affecting the other 99%. So we supported the 99% and we went overboard. We held everybody accountable. If we thought you were up to something as a decision maker, we didn't care who you were. We worked you. We had private investigators. We had a big team of lawyers. And we would target you in a very professional way. We didn't hide it. We just wanted to know why were you doing this unnecessarily against police officers? And we would have, at the ready, actions to be taken if we needed it. We used to practice it, get ready. This is what we might have to do. That is dramatically missing now. And I'm hearing it from the command. I'm hearing it from some politicians. What could they possibly do if we want to make massive changes that are going to be affecting the health and safety of law enforcement? I think this should be tested now. Throw all 80 recommendations, see what they're going to do. They can't muster the troops up right now. The troops aren't in a position where they're going to follow the the police union leaders right now. It's, It's a joke. That's just not going to happen. 
And you don't need 100% of them. You need 80% of them to get your message across. Don't fuck with us. We're, we're not happy. Just like you're not happy with us, you're going to grandstand on our back. We're going to grandstand on your back. We're going to reverse it. We're going to come after you. We have no issues with that. We don't agree with what you're doing, you know? And if you don't like it, then change it. We're willing to sit down and talk. We have no problems with that. We want to educate you on what's really going on out there. You know, there was recent decisions where there was, in Toronto here, there was a person that was on first-degree murder charges, murdering a police officer, got out on bail. And a judge released this person. And there was what I would say textbook response from everybody, very upset. All the police leaders, this is wrong, this shouldn't happen. Politicians actually jumped on some of the politicians, made it clear this is all wrong. And that was the end of it. There was nothing else. There's, it's old news. There's nobody, there's nobody doing anything now. The fact that this person's been released who's on first-degree murder charges of a police officer. I don't care what the circumstances are. This person's still on first-degree murder charges, but is walking the streets, pretty much. Complete insult. Why, why go to work if the courts and the system is not going to protect you if you don't make it home? Then why bother? So the, the standard response of, uh, you know, it's wrong, we, you know, that it shouldn't happen, everybody knows, just wait a day, and it's, it, nothing else is happening behind the scenes now. I asked, you know, try to get legislation changes. Go to Ottawa. Find out the courts. Find out the judge. Find out why this happened, right? It just should not, it causes morale issues. And I'm just talking about the frontline personnel here and the people that are members of a union. We would hold the people accountable who were part of this decision. We would say, listen, we want to find out why this happened. Is it that bad? Is this what we should expect now? People murder police officers. They're allowed to just, you know, exit and just go about their lives. And there are some conditions on here, but it's not the same of being on the inside. I don't care the circumstances with this person meeting bail conditions and all that. It's first degree murder. And this person should stay in until trial. It's a bigger picture here. That bigger picture is getting a lot smaller now when it comes to the system protecting police officers and their livelihood. That's, that's right there. But nothing, I mean, nothing's happened behind the scenes where anybody's going to take it serious. There might've been some phone calls made about complaining about this happen, but then that's the end of it. We live in a very soft society when it comes to taking care of those people that commit very violent crimes and not just law enforcement being victims. It's anybody in society. Just pick up a newspaper or watch the six o'clock news. We're very soft on that. And it's going to get softer. There's nothing in place to stop it from getting worse. I was meeting with one high ranking officer and he said to me that there's a person who was who had had voted to defund the police a politician in toronto this person would get rid of police of in the in the public if they had to this high-ranking officer met with this person and there was an issue going on you know i'm concerned about my neighborhood we need more police there was something happened in this person's riding why do we not have more police around and all that i mean complete hypocrite and this uh, senior officer looked at this person and said, are you kidding me? You just voted to defund the police. That means 10% less police. That's 800 people in the city of Toronto that would not be policing anymore. You think it's bad now. 
if you had won that vote and this, this politician said, well, I, I, I got to, this is what my constituents want. It's not so much what I want. And that's the target. That's when you find that out as a police union leader, you target that person. That's the person that's grandstanding for their own professional benefit because some people in their writing want to screw police officers whichever way they can. And this, this politician's in downtown Toronto. At the meantime, when something comes up on a personal nature or something that they think they're talking off the record, it's like, we need more police over here. This politician has many of these needle exchange and it's just, it's a disaster. Okay, well, there's not enough police. You know, okay, well, you can't have it both ways. But also, officially, you voted to make it even worse than what you're coming to me about. And I hope I'm explaining this properly. And it just got me really mad. I'm like, okay, so I said, did you tell the union this? Because the senior officer is saying, I can't do anything about this. The chief's not going to do anything. I can't do anything about this. I said, well, did you go to the union? Yeah. They did nothing. They did nothing. This politician should be targeted for their phoniness, for being a hypocrite. I don't mean targeted by anything but education, educating what to do, because I would have released that to the media if I was in the position. I'm not in that position now. We would have had a press conference. We would have been out front of their constituent office in mass to explain you're a hypocrite on the back of my people, which is a huge health and safety issue. It's not happening now it's soft you can't be soft in that position you can't mail it in you can't go through the normal process a member calling you picking up the phone and giving it to a lawyer there's more to it and especially now in this day and age move it forward i was there now we would be in front of the media a lot we would be holding these people accountable with evidence that's what we had the private investigators for you know you're allowed to do that Call it what you want, but don't screw my members. If you don't make a decision whether defunding the police, which is a massive community safety, but more importantly to me, is an officer safety. And if you have an officer safety problem, you have a community problem. So I'm being educated on people of authority in law enforcement. I'm being educated reading emails, chat lines that people are sending me every day about how soft it is now, how soft it is. Challenge me on this. Say it's not soft. We're doing our jobs. We're, we're protecting the members. The chief's doing the best he or she can. Bullshit. It's not enough. You need to be more because you can't sacrifice one cop. That was our rule. It's one cop. We're doing this to make sure one cop doesn't get sacrificed. It's a bigger picture, the broken window. You're going to make sure it doesn't happen under our watch. And if you go back and read the headlines and read how it happened, because it was the same 20 years ago as it is today. Folks, it's no different. It's the same headlines. It's the same crap coming out of the politicians' mouths. Police service boards, command. It's the same. It's identical. It hasn't changed a bit. But we held these people accountable. And it got us results. We ended up with the best equipment. We ended up with the best shift work. We ended up with the best pay. We ended up with everything. It's all documented. It worked. So when people talk about not going back to bro days, and it wasn't just bro days, 
It was in Quebec. It was in British Columbia. It was in Calgary. Everybody was making it clear, if you're going to f*** with us, we're going to f*** with you. It was more than bro days. We're all thinking that. And that should be happening today. No questions asked. Hold these people accountable. Do your job as police union leaders out there. The command's not going to do it. The politicians are going to do it. And the media's not going to do it. You're it. You're the only one there to support. When a officer or a civilian member is crucified or investigated when he or she should not be for political reasons or for personal reasons, hold them accountable. You're, the, you're it. There's nothing else because it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. This is Cop Father. I'm Craig Rommel. Any comments, any questions, anytime you want to put anything on a chat line about me, please call me first. Go to info at copfather.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.